Hello, and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist podcast that wants to watch shows about people yelling at their bosses, stealing from their landlords, and dismantling the patriarchy. Today we have Walida, Laura, and Kellen. Today we have a really great guest. Uh, Naomi Burton, one of the co-founders of Means TV, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard of. Uh, Means TV, if you don't know, bills itself as the entertainment for the many, which, at least to my mind, is a pretty novel idea. Yeah, um, you guys may also know them as the team behind Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's famous campaign ad. Ooh, ooh. Hell yeah. Um, I donated to her because of that ad, actually, <laughs> uh, several times. Um <clears throat> So, you know, being inundated with media that is meant to sell a particular version of reality rather than reality itself, it's refreshing to see uh, you all building something that I think can help solve a particular problem on the left, that of a lack of storytelling from the viewpoint of the 99%, uh, to put it in a term widely used to describe what is essentially the working class. Um, Generally, you know, the media we're exposed to has long been used to the benefit of maintaining and sort of pushing the image of the status quo. And Means TV seems to flip the script on all of that. Um, Naomi, welcome. And thank you so much for coming on. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the birth of Means TV? Totally. Well, thank you so much for having me and for the great introduction. I really appreciate it. You kind of summed up a lot for me. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm Naomi. I'm co-creator of Means Media. And uh, yeah, so on one side of the house, we have Means of Production, which is all of our kind of high-end electoral uh, work that we do for socialist candidates like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And then on the other side, we have Means TV, which is a worker-owned anti-capitalist streaming service that we're launching in, 2020, in January 2020. Um, I know. Yeah. It's so it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's exciting to talk about. It's a lot. It's, yeah. there's like, you know, so many different elements of it, but, um, but yeah, it's been really, it's been an incredible last year. That is awesome. Um, <clears throat> so means TV got famous, uh, by putting together these like two minute clips, uh, that I'm sure a lot of us have seen on YouTube or on uh, Twitter. Um, you know, these two minute, two minute clips with anti-capitalist messaging, and they're really funny and very well produced. And there's there's like these really um, a lot of really great folks featured in the video too. Um, who people who are sort of active on the left or um, you know partake in leftist media are probably familiar with. Shout out to Tom and Terrace of the Trillbillies, um, whose videos on the history of the company store, um, which featured that prediction that Facebook would like start its own <laughs> currency, which it like came true in like three weeks. Um, that video went. Viral viral uh and um i you know could not be happier to see uh my other favorite podcast succeeding in that. <laughs> yeah so, totally it's uh it's it's been very cool and i can kind of go over like the origins of even just how we got here um oh yeah sure if that would be helpful i yeah, I, yeah. I, I kind of missed that part um so so i started means with my partner nick um and we met in we met at our first detroit dsa meeting so it was both of our first meetings and we met there for the first time and it was like a lecture uh, not a lecture it was just a talk on socialist feminism and it really resonated with both of us like we were both bernie supporters in the so this was right after the 2016 election i think it was like 
December um, of 2016. And, uh, and, you know, we had both, you know, volunteered for Bernie and been Bernie supporters, but I think it was like the first time that both of us kind of like thought about class as it intersects with, with all of our politics. And it became very clear to us that we were both very much socialists. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I was working in corporate public relations here in Detroit, where we're based doing kind of social media strategy for like fortune 100 companies. Um, and Nick was a freelance film producer doing work for those same companies. And we were both just like, as we were becoming more aware and more involved in DSA and kind of just more aware of our politics, like the work just became more and more soul sucking to have to mm-hmm. do every day. Yeah. And yeah. So like, so one day we were on the way to like a, a DSA meeting and I was talking about how, you know, Nick basically made the ads that then I pushed out on social media to like millions of people for these brands. And someone else in the car did all of the coding for all the apps that this brand pushed out. And we were like, damn, like we're the means of production. Like we are the people (laughs) who do all the work. (laughs) Like, oh, this is what everybody's been saying. And so (laughs) that was kind of like where the idea was born. Like maybe we can take these skills that we've gleaned, like me and marketing and PR and Nick and film. And like, maybe we could just take those over to the left. Um, And we, yeah. So we saw like, we just saw a real void of, you know, high end, um, high-end video for like leftist candidates for unions like we wanted to just do like good good viral content for socialist candidates now that we had like finally have them for the first time in elections um and so yeah yeah so so we started doing videos for like kind of local organizing groups and unions and then about a year after we came up with this idea and all along the way, we're listening to these podcasts, like the Trailbillies, Chapo, Street Fight Radio is like my favorite um, and really kind of inspired me. But about a year after we came up with this idea, I, re- I saw a video of this woman running for Congress in New York and like she didn't have a video. She didn't really have many followers. And, you know, we really wanted to get into electoral politics. And so I just reached out to her on Twitter and asked if, uh, if she wanted us to make a campaign video for her. Um, and I told her we are leftists, we're organizers, you know, we totally understand where she was coming from. And a month later we were in New York filming that ad. And then after that, you know, all of 2018 was just like a blur of like socialist <laughs> ads. <laughs> um, And it was really, it was incredible. And it really gave us insight into like how the media works and how, you know, you can shift the Overton window and like all of these different kind of insights at like the highest levels of media. And so while we were doing means of production, we were thinking about like the value that entertainment brings and how political entertainment is and how the left really doesn't have anything. But we see an example in Fox News of the power that, you know, uh, kind of political content put in the form of entertainment can have. Definitely. Um, yeah, so we so we kind of like, you know, with inspiration from all these podcasts that we are listening to, we thought like, what if we created a centralized platform like a Netflix, you know, using the skills that we have in video and working with these podcasts that we know are super skilled and deserve to have their own platform um, and create like a worker-owned entertainment company. We think the content would be funnier. We think, you know, we wouldn't be beholden to shareholders. 
Um, and so that's kind of how Means TV came to be. And we just wrapped up a 10-week fundraiser, which is where those kind of small clips came from that you guys were talking about. We took like all of the money we made in 2018 um, from those political ads and put them into this 10-week fundraiser to kind of just show people like, what the hell does anti-capitalist entertainment even look like? Mm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just been amazing. So that's kind of like how the journey to getting here and, uh, you know, kind of where we are now. So now we're just, you know, post fundraiser, we're still putting out a lot of content this summer to keep people, you know, kind of um, interested while we're building the actual streaming platform that will launch in 2020. So just a, a quick follow up on a very like, you know, basic personal level. At what point were you guys able to like leave the the corporate hustle and make this your thing? Yeah, totally. Um, so Nick was a freelancer. So he he had always done freelance video. And I had always been in like a nine to five kind of corporate hell world. <laughs> and I mean, I didn't <laughs> see it as that then, but uh, and yeah, so we we started talking about this idea like in 2017. And I didn't have any like skill like video production skills. I didn't know the first thing about it. And um but we worked on a few DSA projects together and you know, kind of just convinced ourselves that anything is better than the jobs we're working in now. So I basically like saved up a couple thousand bucks, like enough to get me through like a few months of like not having any income and quit my job in February of 2018, mostly because I just couldn't fucking stand being there anymore. <laughs> like, it wasn't because yeah. we were like being successful. You know, there was no, there were no outputs at that point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was like the most terrifying and freeing and confusing, like, uh, you know, time, like just, yeah, just quitting my job is something I never, you know, thought I would do to start something totally new, but it's, yeah, been really and here you uh, are. incredible. And, yeah. And everyone loves it. I mean, I've seen nothing but like really excited people about means. Well, not everybody's excited. I mean, you did get mentioned on Fox News, but <laughs> generally speaking. <clears throat> so I want to talk a little bit about some of the topics you've broached because I find them really interesting. Uh, these two minute clips you have um, and people can see them not, not just on your website, but they're on the Twitter feed for means TV. You can like kind of go through. The, yep. the timeline and see all these two minute clips. And some of the topics you broached were, uh, what is socialist feminism? Um, what mm -hmm. is capitalism itself? Which is a really incredible thing to talk about. Uh, colonialism and slavery, what a union is. Um, mm -hmm. one, of, one of my favorite ones, well, I don't, I don't know if favorite's the right word, but one of the ones that really got to me was the future of work where a gamer becomes a drone operator <laughs> for the US military. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this really isn't, like so far-fetched to imagine this happening sometime in the near future. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. My, my favorite one was probably the explainer on capitalism because like I found it to be extremely relevant because we're seeing more and more people in the U.S. I mean, not that they're all becoming socialists overnight, but they mm -hmm. are moving left, especially on policy issues. Uh, but we're not really seeing enough analysis about capitalism itself and what it is, mm -hmm. you know, an inherently exploitative system that no reform can really get to the heart of. So mm -hmm. um, what was what was the goal of these clips? Like, what has been the response to them so far? How did you choose your topics? Totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, we really we really want to be an entertainment network. Like we want to be a place where people can come and like, as they would Netflix, watch a movie, 
watch an animated cartoon, you know, not super heavy. But at the same time, we really realized just from our own knowledge that like people, nobody knows what we're living in. Like nobody, nobody asks you what capitalism is. You don't really learn what that is in school. You don't, you know, you don't learn about any of these terms. And we really felt like for even people to understand where we're coming from with this entertainment, we have to lay a foundation of understanding of where we're at. Um, and in a way that, yeah, no other media, you know, even the explainers we see all over Twitter, none of them acknowledge a lot of this stuff. Um, and so we really felt like with this campaign, it was important to not only be releasing, you know, funny, comedic content, um, but also content that helped us kind of level set and kind of all get on the same page with like the hell world that we're in and why we all kind of feel the way we do. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of like where, where those little ones came from. That's really incredible. Yeah, they're, they're really helpful um, to, to discuss these otherwise really complicated concepts. Uh, I, I don't know who writes your scripts, but like it's, it's really well put together and so concise and so clear that by the end of a clip, anyone who had any question about any of those things really would kind of understand at least on a basic level what they were. Um, I really appreciate that. Yeah, and it's, like, <laughs> and it's like, you know, the people who write our scripts are the people who are on camera. For the most oh, part, wow. so it's like that makes sense. Yeah, and because it and, sounds like them, you know. Right, yeah. and that was our thing, you know, with Alexandria that we we know made the video with her so successful. And what we try to do with everything is like the only experience you need to talk about capitalism is you live in capitalism. Yes. Like you're a working person who lives here and has to deal with this bullshit. And you know, the media who usually is telling you about your life circumstances, they're coming from a one percenter view. And so I think it was really like refreshing to people to just hear about what is capitalism without all the theoretical talk and just from a, a place of perspective and experience. And it helped me, you know, when I was learning all this stuff, understand it a little bit better. So I'm really glad to hear you feel the same. Yeah, for I just as out of curiosity, you know, um, as somebody who's working behind the scenes on all of this, do you have like a favorite video that you guys have put together so far? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all so good. And it's yeah, like, you are. know, they're, they're, I, I, it's really hard for me. I'm, I'm kind of like scrolling through our YouTube page right now. And like, you know, I, I love the explainers. I thought the explainers really resonated with people in a way that we didn't even realize they would. Mm -hmm. um, the animated content to me is really fun because it's like mm -hmm. you can create you know, whole different worlds. Like we have an animation called Worker Revolt and it's just a one minute animation of workers basically all banding together, going to the top of a high rise and then throwing the CEO out of the window. <laughs> and he lands yeah, in right. a dump truck. So it's not too, it won't get us in too much hot water. But, uh, but yeah, I, I really like a lot of the animated stuff. Yeah, I, one of I my favorite one. things that has like, that you guys just put out recently, um, was the um, the Raytheon Pride short? Oh yeah, <laughs> this one like fucking got me so hard because it's oh like God. it is doing exactly what you're saying, right? Like it, it's so illustrative of like what is going on without even really going into details about what Raytheon is, because um, it, it all just kind of is inherent in the video. But for for our listeners at home. Um, 
This short talks about how Raytheon, a weapons manufacturer, was trying to celebrate Pride Month by getting into the Pride Parade and also wanted to do, like, do something more um, and, like, talks about, oh, maybe we'll do, like, glitter bombs or, and then it's like, oh, but we won't hit our, like, quotas on collateral damage, so, like, let's actually put, like, shrapnel inside the bombs and say they came from disco balls. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, yes, this is the greatest thing ever. It's like, why the fuck are you at Pride? Like, what are you doing? And it's just, like, the whole way that it unfolds is, A, hilarious and also depressing at the same time. But, like, it's just, like, so – it just – in the short itself, it is, like, really well done where it's, like, this is – absolute insanity in hell that we live in and like that this is a mm-hmm. real fucking thing that's happening mm-hmm. yeah i i love that one too that's from our uh, a podcast that is no longer but it was called left coast uh with sarah june who's in a few of our other videos and josh androsky who's also in a few of our videos but yeah i mean i participated in meetings like that at the job i used to work at like it was like we have a rainbow colored car like, can we take a photo of it and then be like, happy pride? You know, it's just while they lay off, you know, thousands of workers at the same time. Like, it right. is complete oblivion and, uh, yeah, and very uh, representative of our real life situation right now, sadly. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you describe yourselves as putting together media rooted in Marxist analysis. Mm-hmm. Um I'm imagining news outlets, you know, that focus on the lives of workers instead of stock market prices, um, sitcoms or dramas that are centered around class struggle or class consciousness, mm-hmm. confronting capital rather than chasing after it, which is what we often see. Um, so is that the goal? Like, how does Marxism play out in deciding the type of programming you put out, practically speaking? Yeah, I mean, our general, like, rule of thumb is does it punch down or does it punch up? And like the majority of the TV that we see, um, like punches down, even if we don't notice it, it's like, yeah. you know, it, it's all there. And so like, that's kind of like our first rule of thumb. And the idea is like, we want to create entertainment that reflects and empowers the working class that, that tells you, you know, you can say, fuck your boss. You don't need to work that hard. You shouldn't be working that much, you know, that gives, that lays the kind of cultural groundwork for socialism, for, you know, like revolution allows people to kind of explore some of those ideas. So, you know, I'd say we just kind of look at it from a perspective of like, is this, does this, uh, does this help working people and all of us kind of better see our circumstances and organize around those and point the finger at those who we really should be pointing the finger at. Right. That's, that's the, that's the goal of us trying to talk about capitalism is like, is like, oh, you think that these other people are your enemies, but actually like the boss is the enemy. So like, let's all get on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's your boss. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. As you kind of already mentioned, Means TV is billed as worker-owned. So could you tell us a little bit more? Tell us a little bit more. Uh, no, could you tell us a little <laughs> bit about that structure and why you made this decision? And, like, what it looks like in practice. Sure. Yeah, so, like, so neither Nick or I ever wanted to be small business owners. We do not want to be in charge of things. Like, we are very aware that down the line, 
you know, we want other people to like be making the calls for the kind of content we create and the kind of workplace we have. Um, and so a big part of us starting this was like not only to be putting out this kind of content, but to create like a new model for how media and entertainment um, can work and can run and it can be run democratically um, if the workers are in charge. And yeah. so for us, we're still starting out. So we only have two full time employees at this point. But what we're building out is a model where every uh, full time employee and we'll also have a contractor class because uh, you guys probably know, like in production, there's a lot of people who have, you know, who are mostly function as contractors. And so building out a structure where everybody, you know, every worker has a vote, everybody uh, shares a share of the profits at the end of the year um, and has a say in how the business runs, the kind of content we create. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just a much more kind of flat model. Um, but nobody's ever really done this before, especially in the U.S. And so it takes a lot of time. You know, we've, we've taken a lot of time with our attorneys to figure out how do we actually structure this in a way so that we can be an example um, and a place for people to plug in where they know they aren't going to be exploited and sold to a larger company in two years like we're seeing with, you know, all of our media right now, basically. Totally. <clears throat> I think this has been something that's been really exciting for us because, um, you know, in September, it'll be two years that we've been working on this project. And um, we made the decision to incorporate as a um, worker-owned cooperative as well. Mm -hmm. um, and if we're still kind of like figuring out the kinks about what that looks like, but it's been in, in a really interesting and like empowering process to really think about, you know, what open, like really transparent and open communication is between us as workers in a media sense, but also like what that can mean for what our potential is. I, I think that there's a lot of possibilities mm -hmm. with it and I'm really excited to see more and more media kind of, or like I hope to see more media, you know, doing the same type of thing. It's really cool. Yeah, I think we will. And I, you know, it's great to see all of the, you know, a lot of digital media unionizing and I think, you know, but the problem is we see then a year later, those media institutions shut down, get bought up by somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we're going to have to look at different models for how this can be um, and see that, yeah, that maybe this isn't as hard if one person isn't in charge of everything, sucking up all the resources. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, all of us can figure this out pretty well together. Yep. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I think that's a really, a really good point that there is there's something inherently hopeful, I think, about embarking on a project um, from this point, you know, like going mm -hmm. into it from the start and sort of saying, this is the world that we want to build and we're going to start with this project that we're building, yeah. um, which I think kind of leads me to the next question that I wanted to ask, which is like, what do you guys envision for the future of entertainment um, in this setting? Like what kinds of programming long-term do y'all want to put out there? Yeah. I mean, like, again, we really want to be an alternative to like your Netflix or your Hulu. So like everything from, you know, episodic shows, um, like, you know, working from home, like you guys uh, saw that kind of two minute teaser clip that we posted a few weeks back of the guy in the future working as a drone operator from his house. Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of like black mirror type episodic shows, 
Um, we're going to have kind of like a, an animated show about a family living after the fall of capitalism, kind of like a Simpsons-esque, but, you know, with, you know, kind of this different context. Um, we want to have a reality show following uh, workplace unionizing. Um, and then we're also talking with a lot of people who have already made incredible films and who already have, you know, great ideas um, and acquiring, you know, documentaries and things like that. So we really hope to have a whole range of short form and long form content that people can kind of tap into um, and yeah, hopefully like spark some different questions and conversations. That's awesome. I can't wait to watch all of it. I know, yes. me too. <laughs> Somebody I needs really to get it. me off of my bachelorette addiction. So it might be you We've guys. We've been trying to get you off of your bachelorette ad addiction for years, <laughs> to be honest. So I don't know. We'll see. In, in total transparency, I watched about four episodes of The Real Housewives of Orange County today. So no shade at all for the <laughs> shitty TV watchers out there. I uh, yeah, we can have that too. I did once <laughs> get very drunk and berate uh, Bhaskar Sankara into... Um, well, I tried to get him to give me a weekly column on The Bachelorette and... The, and <laughs> like Jacobin's website and he said absolutely not to that uh, <laughs> however I did wear him down to the point that he was like fine you can write one article about the bachelorette from a socialist perspective um, I don't know why he was reluctant honestly yeah that's, that's so great. true honestly yes but uh I uh for career purposes and probably not going to put my name on that uh, <laughs> yeah I mean but we've talked about like as our kind of second phase of programming um, you know, having something like The View, but like hosted by, you know, like leftist women, yes. and having, you know, like having like a sports show hosted by leftists, having, you know, kind of a late night show and like just different things where it's like, yeah, we can talk about dumb shit, but we can also <laughs> have like, you know, a class analysis that isn't just totally like rotted, like all of our late night, you know, and The View, <laughs> just everybody on TV currently. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you kind of explained to these two different sides, the means of production, which is doing the political campaign side of things and the more mm -hmm. like media explainer and like also exploring these other themes kind of turning into a future Netflix situation. Um, have you found that working that you prefer working on one or the other, or do you kind of like see them both as the same thing at this point? I mean, they're definitely really different. You know, on the electoral side, we're working with, you know, with uh, candidates who are like already have their own operation going. And, you know, like that's more of kind of a traditional like production company thing, you know, and it's like really been incredible. And, you know, we've we've met just the like, yeah, just the people you truly want representing you. Mm -hmm. Like we, I, we've had the opportunity to meet and like, that's been, uh, yeah, that's been super cool. Um, but on the means TV side, it's been really fun because it's like, there is no kind of handbook for this. Like it is just, it's us trying to figure out like, how do we make enough money to create this thing and pay everybody and make more shows and kind of like keep this thing going and working with all of these, you know, podcasters and writers and organizers and people who don't have a platform and who everybody wants to work toward that. So, you know, I love means of production. It's like where we started. It's, you know, it's been an incredible ride, but I think means TV has been just exciting and new and, 
And I think where we're going to spend a lot of our kind of time and focus over the next year. That's incredible. Like it's, it's such a refreshing thing to see such high quality production for leftist uh, themes and topics. You know, the people on the left, historically speaking, have had nothing like this. You know, mm-hmm. you know the, the the stereotype joke about leftists is we're standing on street corners handing out poorly Xeroxed newsletters. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, and bless our hearts, we we've tried, but like this is a really incredible thing um, that came out, and I'm just I'm just so impressed with with you all um, that you're doing this. Um, so like, how is the, with, with all the wide ranging people that you reach out to and that, you know, mm-hmm. on the left, how do you make the decision on like what topics they can talk about? Is, is it like a symbiotic sort of back and forth or like what's put out there by these people that you identify on the left that you want to give a platform to? Yeah. I mean, it, it really, it, it, it depends. It's like, you know, a lot of these podcasters who are working with like street fight radio, we've been, you know, going around and filming their comedy shows and everything else for the past, like year and a half. Uh, and so we have a good sense of kind of what we want to film with them. Whereas, you know, some of the people who are featured in our uh, fundraising campaign for the explainers, you know, for the most part, all of the explainers, the topics were chosen by the people in the video, the scripts were written by the people in the video. And, you know, we would just kind of edit for making sure that it fit on camera. Um, but it was really like, we, we work with people who we trust and who we feel like deserve a larger platform. Like an example is Kaniela Ng, who oh, yeah. out of Hawaii, uh, we first worked with him. We did his congressional campaign video back in 2018 and he didn't win. And, you know, it's it's unfair that like Mike Huckabee, <laughs> big fat loser gets yes. a show and then gets more money. And, you know, it's like, we don't have anything like that for right. people who have incredible ideas and thoughts, but he's in Hawaii. And so his you know, his resources are, are really limited. And so, you know, we just really try to work with people we trust um, and kind of let them take the wheel because it's, you know, we don't want it to be all through one filter. We kind of want it to just be, you know, are you a leftist and, you know, what do you have to say and kind of go from there. It really is infuriating that, that a Sean Hannity has an outlet, that blowhard idiot um, right. when there's so many leftists who are, I mean, I, I, like smarter is a given, but like yeah. much more entertaining and who have much more important things to say, probably even to Sean Hannity's audience who just right. don't have an outlet. Um, yeah, I exactly. You're talking about, I saw a video of Ted Cruz cook bacon on a shotgun. So, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a rifle. I don't know shit about guns, but like, yeah, like it's literally, I mean, I'm obviously being fucking facetious because, like, why the fuck? Why does it exist? Right. What's happening? But, like, it's so – it's, like, this is what money can go towards. And, like, but we could do it so much fucking better. Yeah, and the thing is, it's, like, Fox News has tons of money. Like, it's not the left's fault necessarily that we're not, like – at the same level as them because they're fueled by evil people who have fuckloads of money and who's, you know, like, like that makes sense. It's just like, yeah, we deserve high end content. Like, yeah, we are hands down the better ones, the more entertaining ones. They're all like 70 years old and older, you know, like it, we can do so much better. It's just about figuring out like, how can we do this in a sustainable way when we don't, 
have the, you know, coal money. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, for fucking real. Mm-hmm. Has anything surprised you about this whole process? Of this kind of starting means TV and, and all yeah. of it? Yeah. Or did it all go exactly according to that? <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, you know, I don't like, even mean that. I guess, like, because, of course, it can't, right? Yeah. Like, but I just more mean, like, you know... Did anything happen that you were like, oh, shit, I really was not expecting that? Or, like, it, it could be, like, in a good way, too. Like, where whether your reception has been better than you thought or, like, anything in general. Yeah, I mean, in general, it's been incredible. Like, from the start of the means of production, like, from the Alexandria video all the way through, we've been floored and so, like, so excited and yeah, excited that people are excited about this and and want it. So that's certainly been a surprise that like we started this fundraising campaign with like 5,000 Twitter followers. I had no fundraising experience. Like we had no clue what we were doing. So like every day was a surprise in the worst and best ways. (laughs) And, uh, And yeah, it's been really nice to see like just an outpouring of support. And it's, you know, not just from, like just the Twitter world, but it's like, you know, like, uh, like Pamela Anderson has connected with us. John Cusack had like all these people. Oh my God. John Cusack is a friend of the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like making all of my like mid nineties dreams come true. This this whole situation. So that's been a great surprise. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I think overall, like the reception and just, yeah, I mean, it's really difficult and there are, so many things that, you know, we just can't expect, you know, we can't foresee. And, um, but I think like doing a good faith project like this, working on something that I truly believe in for the first time in my life is like, yeah, it, it, people are really receptive to it. And that's been, um, surprising and, and so nice. Really great. Well, it's, it's a very impressive endeavor. Um, and as far as I know, kind of the, fir- the first of its kind. Um, I'm really excited for the platform itself to be launched because I will be a subscriber and I'll be telling everybody else to be a subscriber. Um, out of curiosity, what has, I mean, I know, on your website, I know you have listed like a bunch of media attention that you've gotten, but what has been the response from mainstream media outlets, at least mm. in the US or maybe some major ones we might know internationally? I know you were mentioned on Fox News, like I mentioned earlier, but um, tell us a little a bit about that. Yeah, well, so our first kind of like uh, dip into national media was right after the AOC video. And so like all of a sudden, like every day we were interviewing with like the New York Times, the Washington Post. And um, and one, it's like crazy to me that you can have an hour long interview and like maybe get a sentence somewhere. It's like, why? What, what is how is this worth the time? Um, <laughs> but it also, you know, they could not. There, there were, with other than leftist writers, they could not understand why the video did so well. They couldn't understand like why it was so good. And we, and wow. like we had, we had a person for five minutes just say like, well, do you think it was like the color? Do you think it was like the <laughs> yellows and the turquoises? And we were like, it's what she's saying. It's her politics. Wow. It's surprising to people because she's able to articulate mm-hmm. politics through an experience, and. You know, so so that really surprised us. Like, I mean, not surprised us, but it was funny to see the first time around, like for five months, nobody be able to just be like, it's socialism that yeah. is popular. Um, 
And, you know, and then of course, since means TV, especially anytime AOC mentions us, you know, the only thing they run with is that we're a Marxist mm-hmm. worker cooperative. Um, but honestly, they just kind of make us look cool. Like it sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I think they don't really know what it means. I don't yeah. think they understand what a worker cooperative is. They don't really understand like what Marxism is. And so, you know, it's kind of just scare tactics, um, and that's kind of why we did like the 10 weeks of free content, because mm-hmm. we knew there was no way we could articulate what we wanted to do to press in a way that, you know, they, they would kind of translate. So, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been interesting and it's, it's definitely, uh, yeah, been an interesting experience to deal with mainstream media. Shout out to all the writers hanging on in, in those newsrooms. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Um, that's crazy that they were asking you if, if it was the colors. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Substance. Like, why would anyone share a video for the colors? Yeah. And, and we would say, you know, we because after every call, we would say, OK, how can we say this kind of better so that maybe they'll get it next time? And then, you know, every time it was just like it was just a, they, that's not sexy. It's not sexy to say, well, she just isn't a lib. And yeah. that, you know, she isn't speaking about hope and change and that motivates people um, because that just doesn't fit within the narrative. And I really realized that, yeah, all these media institutions that I trusted when I was more of a lib, you know, I mean, we've never been reached out to by NPR, but like, you know, that they're all, uh, yeah, they're all very resistant to this and they want to kind of paint it in their own thing that it's just because she's a woman or she's a person of color and it's like, no, it, it has to also do with her politics. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm struck this, this conversation reminds me a lot of sort of one of my favorite truisms, which is um, the, the best Marxists are capitalists in that <laughs> capitalists totally understand what it means like to own the means of production. Mm-hmm. Why worker control is terrible for them. They mm-hmm. understand like that unionization could mean their end. They understand Mm -hmm. that like tenant reform could mean their end. Like they see the danger in all of these things and they're very clear eyed about it. But then you have all of these institutions that exist to protect capitalist interests Mm -hmm. and they're structured in such a way that the people sort of functioning within them, it's very, very difficult for them to see, you know, outside of, um, the, the bubble that they're within. And that Mm -hmm. is totally by design. And it is, depressing um but not surprising to me at all that the same you know the same sort of media that is right now just tumbling over itself to cover the potentiality of war with iran um mm-hmm. you know as as trump finally you know being strong in foreign policy or something that they're also like you know is 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 aoc like popular because you guys are really good at applying filters to your videos is like is that what's happening <laughs> right right yeah it's, it's pretty terrifying and it's like it, it leaks out it's like it's not just news you know like it leaks out into entertainment like netflix when kind of i started all of this talk about surprises uh i found out that blackrock is is the biggest shareholder group within netflix oh my god of course they own 27 million shares of netflix and it's like the reason they do that there's a reason and when we see all this hyper militaristic Mm -hmm. content coming out around the time that our government is trying to start a war it's like this is all 
purposeful yeah. and it's all yeah. orchestrated. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, it's important that, yeah, cause our media is, uh, is in such a position that it can't look outside of the lens and kind of help us understand that this is all coming from an imperialistic yep. point of view. Yep. One of the things my dad, um, so my parents are both, they're from Iraq and in Iraq when the Baptists government was in charge, there was really only one channel um, and it belonged to them. And when he came here, I remember in my, I think I was a teenager and we were talking about propaganda in Iraq and he goes, well, and he points to our television. He's like, that's a, well, that's why this was invented. This is mm -hmm. the American version of, of propaganda. Mm -hmm. Everything we see here is meant to be propaganda for the like basically American military state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Neoliberalism's best work is like hidden under layers and layers and layers. So, you know, mm -hmm. like you were saying, it's like these kind of like action based movies that have like a like a empathetic militaristic lens uh, to it rather than like what we would consider to be straightforward uh, propaganda, right? Like it's all the same thing. Just like our right. um, product placements in shows aren't as obvious as they once were, <laughs> but you can, but it's like, it has to be hidden under these layers for us to like, not be like, Oh, we're being fed propaganda, but it's like, we're still being fed propaganda. They're just getting yeah. better at feeding it to us. Yeah, it's the illusion, the illusion of freedom. That's what it is. Like the illusion of free thinking and free thought and yeah, it's, they've mastered it. Yeah, totally. And I think that like as a kind of whole, the media tells us and like we think that like, you know, Russia, like how silly are they for believing like these news stations that are clearly <laughs> run by the government or China. And it's like, you know, yeah, when you really take a look at our stuff, it's the same thing. It's and you know, yeah, it's like film has been weaponized against working people. And it's because corporations and kind of like the neoliberal political class owns it all and drives it all. And it, it yeah. they try to maintain a status quo that hurts the majority of us. When I mean, we don't yeah, really tell to, put, to put it in Marxist terms, they have a class interest to do so. Yep. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um. Okay, well, we're coming up to um, the end of the interview. I just wanted, before we go, for everybody listening, um, I wanted to give you a chance to, to tell us how people can donate or become subscribers, um, where we can find you online, your Twitter, your Facebook website, that whole thing. Totally. Yeah. So we, we just ended a 10 week fundraiser, but we didn't hit our, our goal quite yet. We have a goal of $500,000 mm -hmm. and it's, it's lofty. Uh, we're going to be doing the streaming service regardless, but we're asking people to, to donate, to help us create uh, worker owned entertainment and anything people can give. We know people are working hard for not a lot, um, but we're asking people right now to become $10 a month, monthly donors. And that just helps us kind of have a sense of what we have coming in and what content we can be creating um, and still be kind of building this streaming service. So people can donate at means.media. They can also see more about us on our website there and some of our videos. You can also catch any of our videos on our YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com slash means TV. Um, and that has all of our videos as well as the original Neon Cat. Uh, for your <laughs> viewing pleasures. Um, and then we're on Twitter, means underscore TV. Hell yeah. We will put all of this um, out with the episode so people will be able to link to them directly. Um, 
is there anything else you want to let listeners know about Means TV? Uh, I don't think so. I really appreciate you guys having us on. And uh, yeah, we're always, you know, if there are people out there who want to, who want to, you know, work with us in any capacity, please feel free to reach out to us on social or contact at means.media. Um, we want to work with leftists and, and people who kind of feel shut out of the, the entertainment and media world. So yeah, reach out. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. This was super fun. And like, I'm yeah. very excited at the prospect of like having a leftist media outlet. It's really fucking dope. Yep. yep. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Okie dokie. Fucking <laughs> leftist media all up in our yeah. brains. <laughs> I love um, it. I love it. As always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Season of the Bee. We're also on Facebook. Um, we're at seasonofthebee.com. You can send us some of your thoughts at seasonofthebee at gmail.com. And also, you should slide us some money on Patreon so that we can eventually all quit our jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Thanks. do the same thing that she did and jump off into the world doing this because that is my personal dream. So don't let me down. Um, <laughs> also, you can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We're, um, yeah, we're getting it out to you. We're making it happen. Uh, you know, if you have anything else you need to say to us, too bad. Just kidding. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's all I got. Right. I, I tripped over my words too. It's fine. <laughs> so what Laura's referring to is I'm always afraid to do the outro because I, I trip over the words. I don't know why. I just do. It's great. Nobody's perfect, guys. <laughs> so how can I expect that from you? Right. Uh. Okay, well, love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Season of the Bitch.